Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out, yeah. Today is a new day, let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family and just life, yeah. Share my story with you, inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live, I keep episodes on replay, Hey, Real 45, yeah, Real 45, Welcome show them how we do it, man. Welcome <laughs> yeah. to Real 45. Yeah. Stephen and Greg Hancock. Did you hear last week's episode when I started off and I was singing in the beginning? No, I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. Yes, you did. You're just saying that. You yeah. heard it. I ran the solo mic last week and I was kind of like I was feeling really special. I've had a couple of these moments now where I've yes. done it, you know, on my own. I did it all by myself. You did it before and, and all by myself. All by myself. Are you proud of me? I am. And the thing is that you are so good at it. Oh, tell me more. Come on. Yeah. And I'm so impressed because they are long. It's well, not the short ones. Well, I've been short my whole life, right? So I need to do something long. <laughs> <laughs> so I can do the long podcast. That's the only thing I got going for me is I can talk for a long time. Oh, and that's a good thing. It is a really good thing. Yeah. And... Now we're back. But you're going soon, aren't you? Or soon. Feels like soon. Back. We just pulled the clocks back, too. Yeah. And pretty soon I'm going to head west. That's a good thing. I'm going back west. Back in time. I'm going to go nine, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go nine hours back. So you're... 10 hours back. It's pretty rad, though, because I can go, like, nine hours back and tell everybody what's going to happen in the next nine hours. <laughs> Not really, though, because you lose the nine hours. In those nine hours... It takes 16 hours to... It takes... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with all the airports. So you're, you're, you're still losing time. Uh, <laughs> nope. About ready to pack the bags and head back home, California. Mm-hmm. And this is that time of year. Obviously, our racing season has just finished. Everything is expired and this time my working visa is up I gotta get the stamp and get out of here and uh, head back home and warm up cause it's like it's like dark here now oh yeah it's dark and it's grey and it's misty yeah everything but I shouldn't complain because it's been pretty good yeah for this year it could have been snow mm-hmm. that's right and is it so that's I like that yeah, I think I like it too. How's our sound quality going there? Because we're I, all about our sound quality. Hang on. I think it's good. Did you like the tap? I like the tap. I always do the tap. Do it. Tap it. Should I do it? Yeah. Was it to sense? Tap it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You know what's cool when you tap it is there's always we always piss one person off. Andy. So that was three. Yeah. Oh, Andy from yeah. Monster. Sorry, Andy. No, you're not. That's the only reason I tapped it is to to piss him off. <laughs> Our Scottish friend Andy. He likes the hamburger. 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 Yeah. So uh, he always gets mad. He's like giving me crap all the time about I shouldn't say all the time, I'm just making that up. Actually Andy's pretty rad. Yeah. But a couple of times when we've done a few of these tap on the table or <clears throat> or you know, or touch the mic like that. <laughs> He's pretty quick to let me know because I think he's got the earphones on. He's got the volume up. He really doesn't want to miss anything we say because everything we say is so important. We have something to say. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Right but in, right in. it does 
matter if we're here or here. Whoa, that's big. Okay. That's big. So yeah. Ooh. Let's move. Let's move. So that even if we gain it up a little bit, if we go a little more gain, is that any better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just gained a little. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's about that time to head head home to California and and um, yeah, get back to. The American lifestyle once again, and uh, call it a winter for the racing and the time here in Europe. So every year is fun, you know. I mean, I've been doing this uh, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I always feel guilty, like this time of year. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because I just leave you guys to the dark, cold, oh, yeah. gray weather. But you're so used to it. You're so, you've grown up with it. And you guys, you don't ever complain, really. You guys, you might say something, but I don't think you really mean it. I do. I mean it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you I'm actually getting depressed when it's like this. We have to, we, we have to take our D vitamins. Do you actually do that? Yeah, I do. So during the winter, you take D vitamins? Yes. Really? I need to, you know. Do you feel it's better? Dark. I don't know. I think so. Do you mix your D vitamins with anything, or do you drop your D vitamins? <laughs> I can't even say it. Do you drop your D vitamins into a drink and let it like? Yeah, you just like pure vodka, oh. D vitamin, and a lemon. Right. Cool. You call it schnapps, don't you? Yeah. So you do a D shot. <laughs> D shot. <laughs> Every night at nine. I like it. <laughs> So that's what Swedes do. So every time you think they're just taking a shot to get over their depression, they're actually getting the D shot. They're getting yeah. the little D vitamin. I have to to name it D shot. It's a good thing. It is no, a good thing. I don't know, but it's actually kind of hard to because it's getting dark four maybe. Yeah, right now it's about that, huh? Yeah, it's about four o'clock, and I, that's when I know it's time to go home. Because mm -hmm. I start to notice that, like, at four o'clock, you're going, man, we got a lot of lights on around the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting so expensive. Can, just yeah, go it's home. Be, yeah, we just gotta shut everything down and get out of here. <laughs> so it's um No, but in that way it's good with snow because it's getting lighter. That's what they say, huh? When it starts to freeze and yeah. gets a little bit brighter. Yeah, that's but the environment, I mean, I don't know how many people that goes out ten, fifteen minutes before they're leaving to warm up the, the car. Do you have the auto start button on your? No, I had it on the on the other car that I had before. You did. Yeah, I've seen people with that. I don't have that myself either. But now we've got the. I think one of our cars has the the heater with the little remote control, so oh. you can just start the heater, not start the car, but start the heater, the diesel warmer in the van, little van we got. Yeah, that's. It's pretty nice. Yeah. I like that. So I've we just got this car not long ago too. So we've used it a few times, and I really like that. Yeah. The only thing I miss now is the heated steering wheel. Oh. I've tried that. Mm -hmm. It's really hot. It's getting... You have yeah. to turn it off. So we have that Oh. heated steering wheel on Jenny's car in California. Oh. <laughs> Do you need that? Isn't there something <laughs> wrong with that? That was one of the features when we bought it years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, heated steering wheel. I'm thinking... California. Do we need a heated steering wheel in Southern California? Mm. Of course you do. Yeah. 
Bueno. Yeah. So I, I just imagine it when I'm here. <laughs> Have you tried it? A lot. Oh, in so California? In California, yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets cold there. Oh, oh, yeah. Really cold. I mean, cold, cold. Oh. I, think, I think we had it down to like two or three degrees Celsius last winter. I mean, have you ever been in that cold weather? Oh, not really, but close to. And maybe you've been in that here, but that's not cold here. That's just like a normal day. But two or three degrees Celsius in California, that's cold. Yeah. Really cold. With the sea and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the ocean is cooling it down. Yeah, I mean, here in Norteja, you live really far away from the sea, too, so... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Now we're now just talking crap, so... Uh, My... my, um, my daughter Alva was just talking about California the other day. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Do you remember the the donuts, <laughs> the donut place where where they sidecar donuts? Yeah, and and they just changed everything. They they threw it away and then they got new. I don't remember that, but she was like, yeah, they did that at one point when they if they've been sitting out for too long mm-hmm. at that place, sidecar donuts on um, 17th Street in Costa Mesa. They they're like the luxury donuts. They're not just your donuts that you buy." At Krispy Kremes or something, you know, these are like... You can have them in bacon, that says all. They're still, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can get whatever you want. And they're hot, so you when you grab them, they're still warm. And they can only stay on the on the little sheets there where, where you can see them for a certain amount of time to keep them fresh, and then they throw them away oh. and make new ones. So she saw that. She, she paid attention there. She mm-hmm. was pretty smart. But they're expensive. They're yeah. not... They're they're uh, um, they're not double the price of a standard donut, but they're probably like I want to almost say like a third more. So oh, they are. They're not cheap, but you know what? It's like it's worth it. It's so worth it. They melt in your mouth, and I mean they're gooey and they're sticky, and they have some of the raw ones now too that are supposed to be good for you, and oh. gluten free. I got them all. They got them all. They're good. They're good. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Check it out. If you're in Costa Mesa ever, go there. Just. Because that's breakfast. It's coffee and donuts. That's what we have for breakfast every day in the USA. Mm. Breakfast of champions. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I should start with that. You should. Yeah. Donut. So it was pretty tough to come here and like have, you know, oatmeal and a sandwich with cheese and <laughs> cucumber and, you know, eat an avocado and some, some eggs and stuff. It was really strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get used to. But. <laughs> But as I make up for it in the wintertime. Oh, that's good. I don't even eat breakfast. Yeah. You don't know that's, that's not good. If you had a good donut, you would. Yeah. But you've got like Circle K right here across from your from your company location too. So, I mean, they got good donuts in there. Mm-hmm. They have at least good sandwiches. Okay. And they are, they're good and they are, but I have that for lunch. The sandwich? Yeah. Go for the donut. But they are so... I don't know how to say that. Oh. So griga. Sugary? Yeah, sugary. Sugary? <laughs> really, really sugary. Yeah. You're not living, man. With the frosting and, yeah. yeah. I mean, the donut. <laughs> it's a donut, yeah. I want with bacon. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of a Danish? Yeah, but I don't know what it like, is. You know, I mean... You have you guys have Wiener bread. Yeah, Dansk Wiener bread. Mm. In the U.S., if you have a Wiener bread over there, we call it a Danish. Ah. So, a Danish is actually just a donut without a hole. 
without a hole. Yeah. Oh, right, with a filling inside. Yeah, you know, I mean, donuts. Most donuts usually have a hole in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. But then you, unless you have them cream filled or something like that. Oh, so a Danish, we call that a donut without a hole. Danish. <laughs> but oh, oh no, uh, we don't not, go there. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. yeah, yeah, don't go there at all, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but then you can buy donut holes. So that's my dad's thing. He as we, as kids. Uh, he used to take us to the donut shop on Balboa Island called Dad's Donuts. Mm -hmm. And when we were kids, he would always go by there. Whether we were getting staying there on the weekend, he would go buy a bag of donut holes. So, you know, if you get the donut, you got the hole in the middle. Mm -hmm. Well, where they punched the hole out, that piece that they punched out of the middle, they would cook it up, and it's like a little ball. That's a donut hole. So, so they the actually punch out the hole. They punch out the hole and they keep that piece and they cook it the way, same way they bake it or, or fry it, mm -hmm. actually. And the same way they do the donut and it's called donut holes. So you can buy a bag of donut holes and they're nice because they're just like, they're the right size just to put one in your mouth and chomp on it. So you had to buy like 10? I think he, he bought them by the dozen. Oh. So it was like 12. Six <laughs> to 12. You could buy a half dozen or a dozen and uh, we, could, we could slam those things. No problem. Oh, I can see that. Donut holes. So when dad comes over, still to the day, my kids know it too. All the kids have grown up. We grew up. Our kids are doing it now too. When grandpa shows up, he never shows up without a bag of donut holes, even today. Oh. And he even came to a race last year in California there, the gumball rally, the kids race there. Mm -hmm. And he showed up because all the kids are there, right? So he's got all his grandkids, you know, and, um, and a few others. And... He shows up with the biggest box of donut holes. I mean, it was massive. I think I put a picture on it on Instagram. It's even typical grandpa. He shows up. I mean, there was donut holes galore. Oh. And uh, everybody just came. Yeah, grandpa's here. <laughs> <laughs> so he's rad. So donut grandpa, holes. Grandpa and his donut holes, they just, uh, yeah. You have a lot of kind of cool things. Donut holes, frozen bananas. <laughs> yeah, Balboa bars. Balboa bars. I don't know if you had a Balboa no. bar. So that's like a little vanilla ice cream square, mm -hmm. and they put a stick in the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. And then they just, when you order one, they basically take the vanilla ice cream on the stick out of the freezer. They dip it in hot chocolate syrup, pull it up so the, the hot meets the cold, and then it goes hard right away. But if they're really quick with it, then they dip it, and they roll it in in like in some nuts, oh. almonds or whatever, or some... Stressily, as you call it, like uh, sprinkles, different kinds of sprinkles. You can roll it, whatever. So it's um, that's a Balboa bar. Mm. Frozen bananas, Balboa bar, donut holes. You got it all. We got it all. <laughs> you know, you guys. It's you America. Haven't, you haven't lived, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got the biggest donut holes in town. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the biggest donut holes. <laughs> They're bigger than Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, anyway, so oh. Oh. now we're just shooting the breeze. But, um, yeah, about ready to head home, man. You're, you're getting me all excited. Now my taste buds are wandering. What? My taste buds are wandering. Oh, they are? So yeah. They're all over the I place. I didn't understand it. <laughs> now I do. Yeah. yeah. Taste buds. Taste buds, yeah. Uh. It's, it's all right. So, yeah, it's all good. But So I've been missing you for a couple of weeks. Yeah. here in the, Off and on. No, we, we, had, we had one or two together too and then yeah then i was away and i uh, met the guys from ngk there john money and the guys john and uh, mark and then um last week's episode was pretty epic 
Marcel Gerhard, the Swiss guy. Yeah. And uh, you haven't really got to meet Marcel too much, or I don't know if you've met him at a GP or not, but... No, I'm not sure they did. He's an amazing dude. He's like... Yeah, when you when you get a chance to hear the whole episode, yeah. you you got to listen, because he's... he's uh, even if you're not a motorcycle enthusiast, to hear him speak with his Swiss accent and tell the story about how he was as a kid growing up and and learning the trade of motorcycles and then moving on to be a an engine tuner slash racer slash machinist. He's done it all. And now he's developed an engine and uh, really, really working hard to try to break into the Speedway world and with this new technology. And he basically has developed an engine that's uh, uh, based off of many different things, mainly off of his experience and his knowledge and built a, a Speedway engine that's much more like a modern-day motocross bikes street mm-hmm. bike slash speedway bike speedway engine i should say yeah so this thing you can you can run it for a long time when not have to service it as often like we do our normal race engines and and normally you would think that's just a regular standard basic everyday motorcycle engine that just runs and runs and runs you change the oil and maybe change the spark plug here and there as long as you clean the air filter and stuff like that periodically the thing will run forever. Hmm. Yet this is also a high performance engine, so it's race ready. So you've right. got like a, an all around mix with this thing. So he's still really, really having a tough time breaking into the overall uh, Grand Prix standard with oh. the engine. But he has already done it with Freddie Lindgren, oh, Swedish yeah. rider. He rode it with him for one or one and a half or two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two years, I guess. And won world championship events with it, won Grand Prix events with it, was very competitive. Had Yeah, he had a, turned his career around, I think, in the, at one point, and uh, now he's, he's moved back to the GM. But um, And Marcel just refuses to give up. He's got a lot of people trying to, to make life hard for him, you know, because it's, it's a new combination. It's a new concept. It's something different. And, uh, I, you know, I, I take my hat off to the guy because... No matter how hard the chips have been down, he doesn't give up. He don't? No. no, no. And that's cool. I mean, that's how you do it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's got, you know, it dollars and cents. It it makes sense because you you pay more for the engine, but you don't need to maintain it like you do a regular one. And it's... And it works. It works. And it works at from the beginner level to the the most advanced level, which is in, insane. It's heavier than on the other... It looks heavier... If you look at it, it's mm-hmm. like it's a twin cam engine versus a single cam, single overhead mm-hmm. cam engine, which it looks really big and bulky. But actually, the weight of the the head, the cylinder, and everything like that is I don't think it's any different than than the standard engine. It might be you know uh, fractions here or there, mm-hmm. but he's managed to take weight away from one spot, put weight in another spot, and and um, you know he's been up against it. He's made a lot of changes over the last year, and I think he's gained about, I think he said about six horsepower in the modifications that he's made from from a year ago. So that tells you something, you know, whatever changes he's made to, to adapt the engine, he's getting more and more advanced, and he's getting, he's on par with, with the top guys nowadays, so it's probably just waiting for the right guy to, to put it at the, uh, put it at the starting line and, and go for it, so, but again, I have a lot of respect for him, and no matter what's happened, the guy never gives up. So uh, that's that's my motto. Just don't give up. No. Keep on rolling. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. You can't just sit down. 
I mean, yeah. have you tried it? I've tried it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've tried it numerous times, and and uh, that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, I, I've I've always enjoyed trying to be faster, mm-hmm. and I know that I can't sit still and get complacent because then the people just go right over the top of you. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, each time that he's come with a new modification or something, I've given it a test to see where it's at because I don't want to miss something, you know. Mm-hmm. And all these guys, the engine tuners, I, I enjoy working with with one guy, but I've worked with various guys over the years. And some guys I've worked for long periods, and then you need to make a change because something's just not working the same way it did before or you're getting complacent with where you are. Mm-hmm. So Marcel is the one guy who told me at one point, it's good to have stuff from other places because then you know what you got. Yeah. And I, I've never had an engine tuner tell me that, but no. he did. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. And I've worked with a lot of guys and I've never ever had a bad relationship with anybody and I've always admired, you know, we nothing is for free. So we pay for everything. You're paying for your, your engines, you're paying for the knowledge, you're paying for the performance and you want to be the guy, right? Yeah. But my engine might not be the same as your engine or they might be identical and it's working fantastic for me, and you can't get the thing to do anything for you. So it doesn't matter, you know. Every everybody's you're out there, and you're like, I want that engine that that guy's got, the, the world champion, whatever he's got. I want the same one. Well, he could give you the same one, and you would be hundred percent sure that's not what the other that guy's riding, no. because you're different riders, different style. You set your bike up differently, different chassis, and, and um, it's many different things to go with it. As basic, uh, we've talked about this a yeah. little bit. As basic as a speedway bike is, there are so many small things that you still do that makes you fast. So um, that's impressive. I mean, there's a lot of regulations about the setup. Exactly. But it's still how you tune it or do it or the groundings. For sure. Yeah. How you what you do for your your base combination. Yeah. As you might say, whether it would be of a certain type of carburation, jet jetting, or your ignition, your wheelbase, uh, your chassis. Your chassis is a lot in the chassis, too, that a lot of guys don't really bother with. You know, I'm one of the few uh, that plays with chassis to make myself a better rider and, and helps me to adjust to my bad habits. Mm-hmm. And I've done that for quite a few years uh, from the guys at ProDrive and back in the day and now it's uh, they're not so much involved but Mick Metcalf who has worked with them he's he took over and uh or, or when he when he uh finished with ProDrive he he still has stayed on with me and helped me to develop and we've done a lot of things together with the guys in the states uh coast fabrication so we've managed to continue on and try to be better you know so they got to keep the old guy going good and I can't do it just by <laughs> waiting for stuff you know I gotta keep pushing all the time so that's the idea with Marcel you know he always comes with something new and hey will you try this uh, of course I wanna try it I wanna see what it's like and and you know sometimes you go oh that's not for me mm. and sometimes you go whoa okay you're on to something there what's what more you got for me you yeah. know and um, and uh, that's a good thing you know you always just keep a good combination and then of course if an engine tuner comes to you and says I got something I think you should try. You always go, oh, yeah? Yeah. That's what you're waiting for. And then you want to find that guy and, and go with it and, and keep continuing to build with him. But at the same time, you're feeding information to all these guys, you know, and you're thinking, like, I don't want to say too much because <laughs> I don't want him to give it to that guy either. But 
you want to keep it rolling. So you you keep working with them. And these guys want to have no matter what they want to have. Uh, they want to have the guy standing on top of the podium at the end of the year. Yeah. This year the the engine tuner was the guy from Poland there who I also have engines from uh, Kowalski, and he had first, second, and third place I think wow. this year. Let's see. I believe he did. Maybe not third place. No, I'm sorry. No, because that was Freddie Lindgren. Oh. But he had first and second for sure. That's. And awesome. then he had, and then he had fourth place, and he had fifth place. Hmm, that's good for him. That's really year. good for him. So you know, <laughs> I mean, that's again. I mean, years before that, I worked with Peter Johns for a lot of years and had great success with Peter Johns too. And he had some amazing engines working, you know. And uh, um, I had some world championships with his engines, and and I've had some some titles with Marcel Gerhard too. And Jan Anderson, uh-huh. you know, so you every year you're trying to find the combination. And these guys are constantly working. I mean, the, the hours that these tuners put on their dynos in the wintertime of testing. And, uh, you know, I know Peter Johns does a ton, and I know that Kowalski does a ton, and I know Marcel did, like, I think he said he, he went over 200 liters of fuel oh. just in testing engines on his on his um, uh, his dyno, which is basically running the engines in and... And, um, you know, they're all doing it. So they all want to be the best, you know, and mm-hmm. they all want to see, they, they want to see when you pull up to the track and you get out in there and you're winning races or you pull up to the starting line for heat one or the final, they look down to see what logo's on the side of that engine. They're hoping that you got their engine in, you know? Yeah. And, um, some of these guys are a little bit, are, are a little bit more motivated than others in different ways. And you, you've got to, you've got to learn their ways and they got to learn your ways and, what I like is they, the guy that comes in and he asks you what kind of flywheels you like. And you think, huh, okay. Hmm. And we talked about this with Marcel on the, on the episode too. And the flywheels are the big wheels that are in the bottom of the engine, which big rotating oh, yeah, that, wheel yeah. there. Yeah, not to go into it with you there, but the weight of those makes a massive difference to what happens, the reaction of the engine on the track. Mm-hmm. And you can have different weights. You can have different shapes of flywheels so that the weight can be more, but shave in a different way so the throw weight is different. You can have an eccentric flywheel that basically doesn't spin perfectly round. It's kind of an odd shape or an odd uh, an odd weight in the way it, the way it works. But, you know, every rider's got a different preference. And uh, I don't want to bore you with all this technical no, I, I stuff. Like this. I like yeah. this. I think this is cool. How many hours do you spend a year? Or maybe not a year, but in the winter time to actually figure these things out for the next year. Or do you take the last year and make some small small changes? Well, that's that's the art and the, and the, I guess the secret behind it, right? Because it's not me that makes the changes to the to the engine. Not me in particular. This is all goes down to the tuner. So. Uh, these guys, they look at you and they look at your riding style and they see how you, how you, how you come out of the start, how much gas you give it, where you, where your pivot points are in the corner, how hard you turn it, how smooth you are, all these different things. And then they've got to develop a combination, a, a flywheel weight, a head design, a valve, a valve angle or valve springs and, you know, compressions. And I mean, it's crazy what these guys got to do, what they do yeah. and the man hours that they actually have of taking an engine that you really like 
they put it on the dyno, which basically they rev it up to, you know, 13, 14,000 RPM, whatever it goes maxes out at. Mm -hmm. And they read the graph to see how much torque it has mm -hmm. and how much horsepower it has. And then they see he likes this engine. He won a lot of races on it. So they, they have that graph, which they built for you. And then they start there. He mm -hmm. likes this. And he says, if anything, I would like a little bit less torque or a little bit more torque. Maybe you want your torque angle to be longer. So you want the torque to be going all the way up to 8, 10, 12,000, you know, which is, can be, doesn't work that way sometimes, but, or your horsepower, you want to see how quickly you reach a, uh, the maximum horsepower and how long it holds the horsepower before it drops off. So these guys are always constantly trying to find the right combination. It's not necessarily the best way to have the most horsepower because that can also transform into a lot of wheel spin. Mm. You don't want too much wheel spin because then you just basically dig a hole and everybody leaves you sitting at the starting line. Yeah. So you've got to find a way to have the right amount of horsepower to get the traction to the ground, as we say. And that's cool. But, but if, I, mean, I don't think that you just take that engine and jump onto the bike and get out on a GP the first time. It has happened. Has it? And it's worked really good, but a lot of times it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you get on it and you go, and this is what I try to explain to a lot of the guys. You know, there's some guys out there, they have no idea, and this is no disrespect to them, but they have no idea what they got. Hmm. And they get on it and they, that, that's no good. That's no good. Everything's no good. So, and when if everything is no good, then you got an issue. Yeah. If you got an engine from this guy, from if you got an engine from Peter Johns, Dan Anderson, Kowalski, and uh, maybe Marcel, for instance, and you're like, none of these are any good. Okay. There's a common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get on it? So if I take uh, a specific engine tuner, and uh, we'll, we'll take Kowalski and, and uh, Peter Jones, for instance, now, and you think both of them have got good engines working. Yeah, and Anderson does too. He makes, you know, all of their power ranges are completely different. Mm. And any engine from Peter Jones is not the same as the engine from Kowalski, and it's not the same as the engine from... Yeah, and Anderson. So you've got to find your feeling. They've all got a different power band. So you've got to get on it and try all three of them and go like, oh, that was pretty nice. Then you get on the next one and go, oh, that was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Then you get on the third one and go, ah, I'm not really sure about that one. So then you can eliminate that right away. That's not my power. That's not my feel. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. That's It's too aggressive. It's too powerful. It's too... Uh, like this, you know, and like, oh, I, I, I'm not that kind of rider. No. Some guys are. Some guys just think, that's what I want. A ton of horsepower. Then they just gear the crap out of it, you know, and, and make it work. They've got all the power they need. It's up to me just to gear it and make it work. There's been a lot of riders like that. Mm -hmm. Not me. I, I play with the throttle a little bit more. I'm kind of old school, technical. Um, yeah, I like to feel the engine. I like to, to make the power go to the ground by feeling it, controlling the wheel spin with how much gas I give it and roll, roll it out. So I want an engine that's got just the right amount of torque that I can just whoop and do it myself. Um, but guys get on and they go, that's all bad. That's bad. That, that one's no good. Or they just get on it. Some guys can get on and go, no, that's cool. And go with this one. Just roll with it, <laughs> you know. And then... You, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to put any rider in particular, but I've got engines from, had engines from all the guys over the years and and tried so many different things. And one year you go, I really like that power band that he's created this year. And it's just, for me, it's unstoppable. It doesn't matter where what I do, where I take it, where I put it. 
that's the bomb right there. That thing's the, that's me. It might work for one year. It might work for one month. It might work for three years. You don't know because you just you keep working with them and you think I'm on the wave. I got to ride the wave and I got to keep it rolling. And I like this. And you you take care of the guys the way they take care of you. And in the end. You want to be on top of the podium, and they want to be the guy that's standing there going, thanks to me, he's on top of the podium. <laughs> so, uh, Is the ending that, ex- that important for the, for the bike? If you have a good ending, then you're good. You need a good engine in yeah. this day and age, but what's a good engine, right? So for me, for you. For me I, I've got to have a good engine, but then I've got to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I got to know how to gear it. I got to know how to put the wheelbase and how much air pressure, where to sit on it, and tell it what to do. So it's not just about putting it in and go. Some guys can do that, and it might be hit or miss. But yeah, but I mean, how how important is the engine for the whole the whole bike and the the frame and the? It's very important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, you got to have you got to have everything. If you don't have a good engine, then. Um, yeah, then you got your work cut out for you. But can, Everybody's can you, got good engines. Can you find the perfect ending and then just copy it to the next, the second bike? And it's the same ending? No. No. It can be duplicated exactly, probably based on material and, you know, the way they build the engines these days. Everything's done by a machine, so uh, the machine can build the motor identical, you know, and they can put everything in the same, but I've yet to have two motors identical. Even if they've been built the same and done whatever, they ride different. Hmm. Something is always different. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's mental. Who knows? Yeah. But it's really hard to get two engines the same. If you get one that's winning you a lot of races and you go to the next event with a motor that's built exactly the same, it might not win those races. Hmm. And you just, I got to have that one. <laughs> so for sure it's mental in many ways. So you it's take like the that. one that wins the races. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the lucky pants or the lucky underwears. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. And if they're working for you, you just turn them inside out and run yeah. them again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep on rolling, right? Yeah. So the, uh, now the, the tuners have their work cut out for them because they know that we're all different. We probably make them angry, piss them off, and frustrate them and make them happy at the same time, you know? And I just doesn't matter what it is you always want a little more <laughs> yeah. yeah i really like that but what can we do to make it a little bit better so you keep them on their toes as much as you're trying to keep yourself on your toes and um, we all want to win right how much can you change it under uh, a season can you much doesn't as, matter as much as you want oh you can yeah you we have regulations and rules we have to follow as far as how how big the engine can be cc wise and and um, things like that but other than that, it's your. You can change the whole. Yeah, you motor. can you can change everything inside you. Whatever we you know, it comes down to exhaust and things like that. You have standard lengths and you have certain exhaust um, silencers that you can use maximize there. So there's not a lot to do. You can have you know smaller exhaust pipes or you can have maybe a different shape or something like that. But mm. it's so hard because engine every engine tuner does something different. You know, in their in their head designs and how it works. So it's kind of an art trying to to find it and it's never ending you know no. the amount of testing we've done in the winter times in the states and i test something i get something working really really good and i bring it back to europe in the beginning of the year i'm like this is the this is the shit right here this is it and you put it on the track and what the hell happened 
But can that actually be something that, if you're in the States and you have that perfect combination, then you get back here, the the, the weather and the humanity and track, everything is different. Track surfaces, yeah, everything can be different. And I take home the same equipment that I race here all the time and use it over there. And we, we play constantly and playing with the chassis and we're playing with, with um, you know, lots of stuff that um, that I don't care to talk about because it's for me, you know. But yeah. I have, I'm fortunate to have some really good people around me that we, we try all the time. And I take, a, I take a little bit of time off, but as soon as, as soon as it gets to the beginning of the new year, I, I can't sit still. You know, I got to <laughs> get going and... Um, I still have that feeling inside even today after so many years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm understanding now too that we, we've started doing more and more testing late in the season so that you get a lot of your hardcore testing done when you're still in full race mode. Oh. Otherwise you start off the year after a, a two month break, for instance, mm -hmm. you're out of race mode. Everything feels good when you're out of race mode. Oh. Because you're just you sit on the bike more relaxed and you're there or you're grabbing a hold of me like, gosh, this thing's freaking fast, man. This is a secret you shouldn't share. Eh? I think everybody knows <laughs> it. This is that, that, this is that secret that everybody goes, the beginning of the year, everything feels good. Yeah. So if you start your testing in the, in the first practice session, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> you might as well just use the first week of just riding and getting the feel for it. Maybe two weeks even just to get the feel and don't expect anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then when the, as soon as you line up with the tapes the first time, <laughs> then you realize how good it really isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or how great it is. So, But the thing that, that feels good now in the end of the season maybe doesn't feel that good in the beginning of next season. It can be because, again, the, the weather conditions are different mm -hmm. for that reason. And you're out of race mode, you know. Yeah. And you're just trying to come back into it. And you got to just get rolling. So my mechanics and I have a, a pretty good uh, relationship. So we know when we're at full race mode. So the first part of the year is, is a lot of it is warm up, you know, and um, before the league racing starts. So there's a lot of training matches and stuff like that. And sometimes you find yourself even in training matches going like, ah, getting frustrated. And, and uh, you know, then the teams also, wow, he's not taking as many points as he normally does. And they're thinking, oh, he's having a tough time, whatever. But all you're trying to do is work it out or figure it out. And you've just got to throw it out there sometimes. And that's what the training matches are for. That's warm up time. So mm -hmm. take it with a pinch of salt, as we say. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So just need to do that. Yeah, sometimes you do. <laughs> sometimes it's a lot easier said than done, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about speedway, but no. But yeah, um, yeah. You feel ready for next, for for some vacation, and then do it again. I'm always ready for some vacation, but every year at the end of the year, you're, you're like, yeah, so excited. The season's about to finish, but you're still rolling. You're mm. still, the adrenaline is still pumping and you're thinking still about everything that just happened. And if you won the world championship, you're just like, yeah, but you just want to, <laughs> you just want to keep living it. And then if you finish like fifth, like I did this year, mm. and you know, you're only a few points away from third, then you're like, mm. I've got to keep this rolling. I got the things going good at the end, and and uh, I don't want to stop now. I just got this figured out. Ah, oh. I don't want to. I don't want to let it get stale here now because the start of the season's like four months away or five months away. That's a long time, but actually, it comes around really fast. Yeah, 
so it's a double-edged sword as we say yeah but the season is, is it feels like it ends so quick it's like everything is going and there's a lot of races and people and and then it's like to just sh- turn the lights off and that's exactly what happens and suddenly it's like dark <laughs> dark nobody calls yeah nobody calls. <laughs> hello phone stop ringing <laughs> Paycheck stop coming in. <laughs> All that yeah. stuff kind of goes away. Yeah. Oh, it must be winter now. Die. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, but it's uh, that's the art of the game, I guess. You know. Yeah. It's different than a regular job, for it sure. Is. But then again, my kid says to me today, "Did you know that you can install Windows on a Mac?" It's <laughs> like, what? Why would you do that? Oh, so we can play the Speedway game that's oh. made for, for Windows. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Right. That's good. So, yeah, there's there's options. <laughs> <laughs> Way off beat. Way off beat. You would oh. probably know that. That I can install Windows on Mac, yeah. Yeah. Never tried that. Would you? No. No. It would just be defeating the purpose, right? It's like giving licorice to someone that doesn't like it. Okay. Or, yeah, probably right. I don't know. Yeah. No, but no, I never had it. So Windows is like licorice. I like licorice in one way. No, no I said Windows is like licorice. Yes, in that way. In that way. Yeah. I like licorice too. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's good. But you shouldn't mix it when. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, we turned this podcast into all about me. That's good. <laughs> it's all about me always yeah, right yeah, yeah. Just, just give me the mic yeah I start talking yeah. <laughs> so yeah we have we have gone back to the old mic yeah old blue yeah hope that it works better but now we have to figure out how to do this zoom regular yeah this is zoom. this is bam big ass mic yeah but we can also call him, now we can call him Old Blue. Old Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Is always better with old things? No. Well, you know, I'm old too. <laughs> You're better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep telling my wife that, babe, I'm old, but I'm good. You know. Yeah. I, I want to be, I just want to be your old Greg. Hashtag old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> she no. hates it when I say that. Don't say that. You're not old. No. I am. Admit it. I don't have a problem with it. No, but you're not old. That's true. Not not yet. Great. You're like 70 year old. Don't say it. My father in law is going to turn 70 this week, and he's. Oh, he's not old. No, he's not old at all. No. Not at all. And that's like a thing. He, he said that too. He's like, 70. It's really getting there. I'm like, yeah. 70? Look at you. You don't look 70, you know? <laughs> he doesn't even look 60. But no. they take it, they, you know, they exercise, both him and my mother-in-law. They exercise a lot. They they ride bikes. They walk. They take care of themselves. They eat good. They look great. So they shouldn't, age should not be an issue for them whatsoever. Sure, you know, we've got sore backs and legs and maybe an occasional ear problem. I know I do. <laughs> and, uh, but hey, you know what? It's, yeah, it could be worse. That's the key, isn't it? To like exercise and enjoy life. 
for sure. That yeah, it's hard to find time for it. But if you don't find for it, then you don't have time. You know that you haven't had much time lately, right? <laughs> no. Dang. But does this this time of year for you in business does it get, does it get more busy, more quiet, or is it? Our business is like a wave. I, I think that summertime it goes down, mm-hmm. and then now it's like high season. It is. So you guys are kicked in. Yeah, everybody wants and everything to be done before Christmas. Right. So now it's. It's really busy. And then it goes down in in January and then it goes up in February again. And uh, everything needs to be done before midsummer. Dang. So, so those are, okay, so you got Christmas and midsummer. Yeah. The half years. Because then everybody's on vacation and they want, or they want a job some days in, in Christmas time mm-hmm. to fill the, the new website with content or with... So they they want <clears throat> they want everything to be done and then they want to work over Christmas, but then Christmas come in between, so they didn't, and we could have been done in January instead. Dang. I always notice here because when I drive in, I come in from the motorway, and you guys have the windows on the back of the business over there. Yeah. And you get a lot of sun there, don't you? Normally. Yeah. So they have those like reflectors. Yeah. Like the dark yeah. things, yeah. They don't need them as much this time of year, do they? No. <laughs> but actually, I thought about that today when I remember, I'm like, I guess those reflectors are probably not... Yeah. But in, in one way we need it, because when it's sun in, in the wintertime, uh-huh. the sun is lower. Oh, oh, so oh, it's right. getting more into the, the windows. Even more intense? Yeah. So you still need them like that? Yeah. Oh, it's hard. And then oh. you work... When, when the sun actually is, is up, then you're working. So you're going home when it's dark and then you're at the work and looking at the windows but, or <laughs> from the windows <laughs> at the sun and then you're going home and it's dark. That's so how it is. literally, like, I mean, it's only, what is it? Less than two months before the shortest day of the year? Yeah. I don't know what it is. But it goes fast right now, huh? I mean, yeah. it feels like it's going so quick. The days are getting so short. Now it's getting light at like 7 in the morning or something, or 6.30. Yeah, it's... Quarter to 7. Quarter to 7. It starts to come get light. Huh? Quarter past 7. Quarter past 7. Really? Yeah. Is that when the sun comes up? Oh, 7, 17. Uh, it was sunrise today. Right. And it's going down 15, 37. 3.30. Yeah. It comes up 7.17 and goes down at 3.30 p.m. Yeah. It's not a very long day. No, and it's still quite long. Yeah. It's getting shorter. So pretty soon, like, it, the sun's not coming up until after 8 o'clock, right? 8.30 maybe? Yeah. Before it comes up. And then it's down at, like... 2, 3, I don't know. No, I don't know, 2. But 2, 2, 2.30, yeah. like that. It's getting dark. Yeah. Two, yeah, that's a really short day. Yeah. But we have really long days in the summer. Oh, man. <laughs> Swedish summers are... They're good. They are so good. So, I think that you're doing the right thing, going back to California <laughs> right now and then coming back. <laughs> uh, I don't complain too much. I I, uh, I can't do that. So no, I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm with it, but anyway, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. And um, good to see you, man. You too. Yeah. 
It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We, have to, we have to catch up again. Yeah. <laughs> Some Indian talks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm always good to talk about myself. Oh, I heard that you, you bought that ping pong table. We need to do that. Yes. Are you good at that? So good. Oh, are you no. natural? No, you're not? Okay. <laughs> no. See, I don't know. I don't know. You, In I my mind, be... I'm good, but I'm not. That you know, I'm always hidden... losing, but it's good. It might be your hidden talent. Yeah, it could be. We just bought a ping pong table. I haven't had one for many, 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 many years. And it seems like always when you buy a ping pong table, it's fun for, the, for like, you know, a short time, and then it just sits up against the wall somewhere. Yeah. Our mission is not to let that happen. So we've got it set up in the garage now, and... It's obviously going to get shut down now when we go away, but when we come back next year, uh, when the season starts, you know, it'll be, we're going to try to use it. We bought one that's outdoor one too, so you can roll it in and out. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So we want to be able to play outside and then, you know, I got three young kids. It's probably going to get left outside. Probably. Yeah. So protected my, my own investment there. Yeah. It'd be round pingies or what do you call that? Round table. I don't know. Round table? Like, round table, yeah. No, I don't know what you call that. Rund pingis. Rund pingis. Like going around? Have you done that? No. Can you do that? Yeah. If, yeah. if you're more than four people, you have to... You just stand on a line on each side. And then the first one in the line, pass it to the first one in the other line. And then you just go around. And the first one who missed the, the ball... Is oh, getting out, and then oh, you're. Oh, I'm getting out. Okay, I've never yeah. done that. No, haven't you? No, that's what we did in school, every day. I don't think I ever played that. Maybe I've, maybe I've just missed out. You end up with two people in the end, and you have like, the first comes to three points or something. Gotcha. That got the winner, and then you start over. Gotcha. No, I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, did, yeah. Mate didn't teach you that. No, no, but he. No. Mate. Matta told me that when I bought it, I said, here, we're going to put this thing together. And that he came over and we had dinner the other night because uh, Jenny was out for his, Matta's girlfriend was away and Jenny was out with her girlfriend. So it was a guy's night. And Matta's got one daughter and two boys and his daughter was actually on a sleepover. So it was just him and his two boys and me and my three boys. So it was, and when one of their friends too, so it was all guys, mm-hmm. a lot of testosterone in the house. <laughs> So we bought a ping pong table and then we had a barbecue or just now we just made some food and then went off there and I said to Matt that we're going to play ping pong. You know, you into that? He's like, I have to tell you, I'm pretty good. <laughs> we're pretty good. I'm like, what do you mean by that? You know, you never know with Matt that. No. Yeah, we had a table grown up and his parents had a table now and the kids play and I was like, right, okay. And Matt has got a knack for everything. It doesn't mm. matter what he does, he can do it all. So I wasn't surprised. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was. Yeah. Mm. His kids weren't bad either, but he definitely rules the roost. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Then he has someone to learn from. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was probably nice to us in the beginning, but he's got a lot of quick moves oh. and he, he pretty much cleaned me up. Mm. Yeah. But you have time. You can do it. Yeah, that's right. So we, we, had, we had a couple of beers at the same time too. So mm. that's probably why I lost yeah, you were ahead in the beer. Uh, no, I was behind. Again, he's good at he's, that too. <laughs> he's way more of a professional than I am, <laughs> all around. <laughs> but he always told me, uh, he, or he's told me for some time, someday when you quit racing, I'll teach you how to drink. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know if that'll ever happen. Exactly what I was thinking about. You, yeah, I don't think that happened. No, I'm, I'm a lightweight all the way around. So, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll hand over that medal to him. He can win. Mm. That's but, okay. But he's, he's rad. Mata, everybody loves Mata. Yeah. You know, how can you not? No. We haven't had him on the, on the podcast yet. No, and I said to him that night when we had it, I said, should we do a podcast tonight? And oh. he said, a what? <laughs> I said, that's not nice. He's like, no. to be honest with you, I haven't listened to one episode. Mm-hmm. But he said, I said, now I'm hurt. Mm. So. And then he beat you in, t- in, in the ping pong. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's, yes. he has listened, right? Yeah. He doesn't know what to say. I, I would love to have him on here. And I told him what we wanted to do the Friday night, too. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was the perfect time just to test it out. I said, we don't need to publish it. We'll just hit record and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Open a can. Yeah. And then talk. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe in the spring. When it gets a little bit lighter. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk from right now. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. anyway. anyway, well, it's been a good week, and it's great to see you again. And, uh, yeah, I'm off to Italy now for a, a motorcycle show, mm-hmm. ECMA. Nice. And then it's pretty much pack the bags and uh, adios. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, be, uh, we'll be doing our discussions over the airwaves again. Yeah. Which is what we do good. And now we've got new technology. We're hoping we can get it all mastered so that we can continue uh, talking trash. Yeah. We'll do that. So Good to see you, man. And, is that uh, next week? Yeah. Next week. We'll Talk. be over there. Yeah, could be. Oh. You never know. Right. I don't know where I'm going to be. I might. You, you never know. We have to try that then. Might be, I might be in the air. Oh. We haven't done that yet. No. I don't know if it'll work. We we it kind of work. we we kind of did some recording in the air, right? Yeah, we did With a lot, but we didn't re- actually broadcast over the air. No, we didn't like that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if we can even do that. <laughs> it would be live someday. Anyway, yeah. Take care, peoples. Take care. We love you. Bye. Bye. Peace. Ciao. Grinwood.